Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrew, for Aleph. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Peter Coghill, Nick Hare and Chris Lear of Aleph. And this week we're discussing reputation. Nick, lead us off. So, um... We were recently bidding to do some work for a, a, a certain uh, organization. Yeah. And we lost out to a cheeky little startup. Ah, you might have heard of them. Damn them. They're called British Telecom. Ah, yes. We narrowly missed out to them. They're very nimble, those guys. Yeah. Us, yeah. You know, us the incumbents, you'd have yeah, thought exactly. they'd gone. You're right. Those disruptors. So, so um, the uh, British Telecom. It's got an interesting history. Mm. Uh, they they were uh, they were set up as the General Post Office in 1868. Mm. 1868. Of course, they didn't really do telecoms and things then. But mm. then uh, telecoms became more and more of a thing. They did, you know, mm. telegrams and that kind of thing. Telephones. Mm. They were the national telephone mm. organization. Then they became Post Office Telecommunications in 1969 and were finally privatized as British Telecom in 1984. Anyway, I. They, because they were the national telephone company, basically, in the 70s, um, if you wanted a landline, you had to ask them to come and install one. And in our council flat, which I lived in when I was about two, uh, it took them about six months to come and install our landline. So I made an idle comment that um, I, I wouldn't trust them to do this data analysis job because they took six months to install a landline in 1979. And... Um, Mr. Lear here then then made a made a comment. Oh, is sorry. I just want to make sure we're talking about reputation. We're we not are. Talking, we're not talking about grudges on this. No. No. Okay. Right. So we're definitely talking about reputation. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and Chris then uh, prompted Chris to ask a question. And what was your question, Chris? Uh, well, the I suppose the question was along the lines of: um, Is it even relevant? that uh next tragic i mean obviously it's a tragic story about the um yeah it's definitely i can see the tragedy story of crushing inconvenience about the installation (laughs) of the landline when nick was two because he needed that landline obviously and they took six months to install it and they were obviously a terrible company and probably run by sort of socialists or something yeah and Mm. um and uh, yeah, so my what 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 made me think was um if the gpo couldn't install a landline then does it really follow that BT can't do a better job than Aleph <laughs> at data analysis now? And I mean, yeah, it probably does follow. But I, does I wonder. Bit, actually, I wonder whether there was whether whether reputation has that amount of you know can reputation last sort of over forty years and still be meaningful in a changing world, especially when the company has changed its name, changed its job changed pretty much everything about it mm, mm, mm. but i still kind of felt like when nick said it i thought yeah do you know what yeah bt probably is a bit rubbish yeah they'll never in my mind quite be they'll never be able to shake this off as far as i because my association with them being kind of old-fashioned and inefficient is never going you can privatize it as many as you as many times as you like margaret thatcher <laughs> but it's never gonna you know it's yeah. never gonna but are they any better remove than, that stain are they any better than other telecom companies now who are just new fashioned and inefficient yeah the question is because they weren't a very good nationalized telephone company does that mean on average they're a worse 
company than a new company? I don't know. Well, this is, these are all the questions yeah. we need to We need to answer all this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I've got a dog in this fight because I recently, I was a subscriber to BT's uh, broadband um, and I recently cancelled it um, about a week before we decided right. to do this. And, and one of the reasons I did is because, first of all, I was getting fed up with how much they were charging me. And they um, enraged me because I called them up and say, and, and they always have this special line. Are you thinking of, you know, lots of companies do this, right? Um, are you, if you're thinking of leaving us. And so you call Oh, that, they love that you're best and mate. You, as so yeah, you, you get some really, and they, they, they it's either someone who's Irish or, or a Geordie or someone like that. It's just the nicest bloke in the world, you know. Um, but I was having none of this. No, quite um, right. And, but he enraged me by saying, um, oh, I can see you're not really serious about leaving us. Um, but what I can do is essentially half what you're paying now. It's like, why didn't you bloody tell me that 12 months ago? I wouldn't be leaving. Um, anyway, anyway. Yeah, so anyway, have we mentioned that today we're sponsored by T-Mobile? <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, uh, no, we, to be fair to BT, I'm, I am a subscriber to their broadband and I have nothing but really good service from them. So, you okay. know. So the government's probably before, made the right they, Before they lawyer up, I just yeah. want to, you know, point out that I, we, yeah. we've had so, mixed experiences. Um, how do we want to kick this off? I can't quite remember what we want. I remember you had some questions there. We want to try to answer those. Um, who's going to go next? Well, well I've got Data. Have you got some data? Know. I've got some data. It's talking about reputation, how meaningful it is, and yeah. how does it die off, and all that kind of stuff, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah my original question was was whether it has a half life. Okay. Like, yeah. like how, how how quickly does does your opinion of a company entity thing yeah degrade? Got it. Okay. Well, Nick, pave the road of speculation with the paving paving slabs of data. <laughs> <laughs> I've got. I've looked at some things. It's it's as as usual. Actually, for this in particular, it's quite. Yeah, okay, so what this boils down to is how informative is an indicator, you know, um, T time ago uh, for that indicator now? That's essentially what this is about. This is a general kind of analytical yeah. approach that we've got here. So, you know, if you imagine, um, you know, there are, there are sort of uh, some indicators are like, the, are like the waves and they're here. They really are sort of here today and gone tomorrow. And, you know... Um, uh, you, you imagine the number of goals that a particular team scores this week is not particularly persistent over the long run. It might be, but it's not like if, you know, if Liverpool get three goals last week, then they likely to get three goals this week and three week, three goals the following week. That that's, but if you think about something a bit more like the tides, which would be, where are they on in the league? For example, gotcha. that's much more persistent. So yeah. if I, so in fact, I looked at football um, performance, and found that uh, if a if a team was in the first division in 1980, mm. there was about a well 13 of 22, so not far, a bit more than 50 percent chance they were also in the first division in 1990. Um, and then uh, surprisingly, that has sort of carried on. So 1990 to 2000, 12 of the same teams were in the Premier League in both both years, um, and then you've got 10 teams in. Um, uh, the following 10 years so so what i'm saying is that if you're in if you're in the premier league there's there's a roughly a slightly more than 50 percent chance you'll be in the premier league in 10 years time right so so that's informative that's quite informative because it's not like you know you know that they're in the premier league uh now uh in 100 years time that doesn't really tell you there's very little chance of that or well, that's going to add very little to the amount of information um so uh, I make that an average of about 5% decay per year, right? Mm. Uh, Premier League-ness decay. 
which means that you roughly yeah. five percent of um, of teams drop out and don't come back. Mm. Um, so S and P five hundred. Yeah, right. I, I, I presume. Sorry, I presume you're going to drill down afterwards into the drivers of this kind of stuff. Yeah, right? yeah, we definitely want to do that because I'm just trying to stick a few numbers. Go for on. it. Yeah, yeah. Trying to bound things. Yeah. Let's look at the S&P 500. What that is, is like the 500 uh, companies, I think, with the highest market capitalization or something. And it's just a, it's, it's, so that's a list of companies and they use their share prices to create an index. But it's, but it's a list of companies. And um, on average of that 500 top companies, 27 per year leave and mm. another 27 join. Mm. Hey, presto, decay rate of about 5%, what, yeah. about 5%, 5% yeah. a year. So your half-life of presence in the S&P 500 is about 14 years. So in other words, uh, by, by uh, every 14 years, half of the companies in the S&P 500 have, have changed. Mm. Um, Dow Jones is not a very good index, but it's quite popular. Dow Jones is like 30 of the biggest. I think they might be the biggest, but they're 30 of the biggest um, companies in the US. Um, they surprising. I mean... <clears throat> It's interesting, actually, when you look at the companies that are there. And I know that I'm looking at share prices. It's not an indicator of quality as such, but it's an indication of something related to sort of performance and size and so on. You know, it's interesting looking back who comes in, who comes out and when. For example, 1991, U.S. Steel. They sound like a great, good old fashioned 1960s company, don't they? They're out. Disney's in. Um, then uh, Owens, Illinois kicked out in 1987 don't even know what they do probably mining or making big things with heavy hammers in comes coca-cola um texaco big oil company out in 1997 who comes in hewlett-packard one of them new tech companies we mm. hear so much about goodyear rubber tires gone uh, Intel comes in. You can tell, I think, an interesting story about the mm. changing face of society by who comes in and out yeah. of the Dow Jones 30. There's a sort of relative to <clears throat> culture effect of reputation going on there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, that's right. So, so, it, I, so you're doing absolutely everything right, never get, never get anything wrong. Oh, they're probably still but making great tyres. But if you year. don't keep up, you're gonna get you're gonna lose out to the chat GP the open AIs and the yeah yeah but it, but just to finish to round off Hewlett Packard's little story mm. they were booted out themselves in 2013 and Visa came in so mm. um so yeah that so the half life in the Dow Jones is actually a bit longer it's it's more like 30 years but what I am saying here is that the half-life of, if you think of being in, of these all as proxies for sort of telling you about where something is, um, the half-life, and these are kind of companies, organisations, football teams, half-life is between 15 and 30 years, right? Mm. So the conclusion is BT are in the clear. They've passed the 30-year horizon, which means I'm willing mm. to sort of oh. give them the benefit of the doubt. Okay, here. I see what Maybe you're getting Maybe they can at. pull off that uh, that data analysis project. All is forgiven. Okay, yeah. but... Although, actually, probably not. No, they won't do it as well as we would have done. Yeah. <laughs> but hold on. Um, but we specifically want to talk about... Because, you know, whether the company survives or not, or whether it's profitable or not, or whether it continues to be highly profitable or not, is one thing. Um, but what we want to talk about is reputation, Right. So BT could be as successful as you want, um, uh, but they're yeah, still going to yeah. have that. I'm, I'm going to pick up what Go you're on. putting down. Yeah. I, I don't. I agree that 
reputation is probably a pretty good proxy for performance, but I don't necessarily think it's perfect. You know, I think that I think it's it's that it, you could probably imagine. You could probably think of it, companies that operate in the background doing a sterling job and nobody's ever heard of them apart from the... Companies few, like Cisco. Yeah, Cisco and AT&T and people who run the backbone of the internet and things, they do a pretty good job. Probably IBM. IBM, yeah. They, and they, 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 they've got a few small... There's a few customers who give them very large co- contracts, like government contracts and big business-to-business contracts. And that's what they go for. They don't need popular reputation and and bling to 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 do what they do but they do what they do very well yeah i suppose i was answering the question of how long ought the half-life of reputation to be Mm, you know how 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 much should you care about past performance and for how long and and that isn't the same uh, question as the question of how long do reputations actually last i'm not sure so i haven't really looked at that yeah also i want to bring chris in a second Mm. but but also it's that difference between you know positive reputation and a poor reputation right um and is that sort of famous that sort of trope within marketing whatever it is you know where or customer service where you know if a customer has a a a good customer experience he'll tell i don't know two people about it has a bad customer experience he'll tell 10 people about it and emotionally um you know you know where does reputation come from where does where does reputation reside well it's in isn't it in our heads i don't know isn't it in 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 you Mm. know it feels a bit more nebulous somehow um yeah, I, I mean, sorry, yeah, go on, let's see. Yeah, Peter wants to say yeah, something, but so I definitely I, want to bring in Chris. I thought the, uh, something that struck me as interesting is... And the, what the metrics? Sorry, 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 Peter. Something that struck me as interesting uh, was the is the sort of evolving nature of corporate reputation, so picking up that kind of that social change and difference in products, I mean, new products, computers coming on, so Intel and things joining the Dow Jones. Um I think that that probably has pretty 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 big effect on your um, perception of of companies, particularly and, and very quick and very and particularly in sort of consumer products where it's very fashion driven or very sort of what's the new technology driven. So, um, uh, <coughs> so where am I going? Um, so yeah, and that and that's sort of driven by media, social media, and um, and good marketing and good you know exploitation of those. To, to drive your products but i think there are some there's some big fish in that in in our world today apple for example that mm. that seem to have reached a position where they're difficult to knock they've got such sort of ideological dominance over over their over their cult that um they 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 i can't think of anybody sort of suddenly beating them becoming becoming sort of yeah although that's what they all i'm sure every year people probably said uh you know um you know about these (coughs) aramco uh gramcorp um mega mining you know things they probably said there's no way that company will ever disappear um so yeah i'm not sure i think i think that's a it's a really it'd be good to speculate about they might be there still but they just might be they might and they might be bigger than ever it's just that they grew relatively slower. Than Again, Intel. we need to be careful about what we're talking about here because we want to talk about re- uh, re- reputation and half-life of reputation, right? Yeah, I mean, I suppose this this sort of boils down to the question of wh- what is the connection between reputation and quality? Is it is reputation, does it lead? Does it lag? 
does it perfectly track? Is it does it go on for longer than it deserves? You know, that that's the question really. What's the connection between reputation and quality? I know someone who uh, I have formed a very good opinion of them, um, who will be able to help him. His reputation precedes him. Chris Lear, answer this question for us, please. Uh, thanks, Fraser. Um, I when 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 I originally considered the the BT reputation thing, and I was and I was thinking, well. BT's reputation from 1979 is is affecting what we think of it now, and mm. it kind of does. Um, but I was thinking, what other companies might be similar? So, and whereas Nick's come with you know data and analysis, I've come with a little bit of um, a- anecdote and this is my a- guy and uh, <laughs> and sort of random opinion. Mm. But but I want to make a um, I want to make the claim that Microsoft has a reputation from maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago. But it's now a completely different company from what we all think of it as. So th- this is what my, this is my claim. This is an Wait, Can we just ask, Fraser is like maybe one of the not technical people here. Dave. What, how would you sum up in a sentence or two? What's, what do you think of when you think of Microsoft? What's their reputation? Yeah, old fashioned, um, inflexible, uh, vast, unimaginative. Is is that is does that accord with your understanding Sorry, of their reputation? Microsoft, not yourself. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, I was actually thinking the uh, a little bit, but but the where, where I was thinking was Microsoft has typically had a reputation amongst uh, computer geeks as a company that is incredibly successful at selling shoddy software to people who don't know much about it. So they made loads and loads of money making. Um, operating systems that geeks hated Mm. um but were really really successful and then they made office and so they basically made um, ms dos and then windows and then office and all of those things are um the kind of things which it was almost a sort of statement of geekdom to loathe and to refuse to use um sorry to interrupt but is Apple even more loathed by computer geeks? No, Apple's different. Apple's okay. in a different. A, 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 Apple's different. It's Apple's actually. Apple makes really good software, but it's got this weird cultishness. So it's it's okay. uh, it, it makes good hardware, good software, but it carries this strange cult with it. So it's it's in a different category. Yeah, but if if there was a I war, keep... which side would the geeks be on? I'd be on the Microsoft side, surely. No, not necessarily. Oh, okay. Interesting. I not keep telling you guys how good uh, Apple software is and hardware, but you won't listen to me. I, okay. Well, I anyway, this is an example. Anyway, anyway, this is the well, yeah because you're you're. I mean, these this example. Like, I don't use Apple because I don't want to join the cult, and I try to avoid Microsoft. Typically or historically, I've always avoided Microsoft. In particular, they made a thing called Internet Explorer, which people loathed because it was like forced on you and everyone hated it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And um, I think we've still got this in our head. So, like, hands up, anyone in the literal world who uses Bing knowingly. I do. No hands. <laughs> and then Peter, look at this. Yeah, I do. Peter only uses for, Bing. Oh, for the, ch- for for the, the built-in for, AI. For the no, B- only for maps. Because you can get OS maps for free from Bing Maps. Bing Maps. And anything else you don't want in and your I didn't even know that. history. I didn't even know I didn't even know that you could get. I, like, I paid for Bing? OS Is Maps. Is it a Microsoft thing? Yes, okay. it is. Yeah, sorry for not explaining that uh, to all the listeners who were unaware. That Bing is what Internet Explorer used to be. A bit, but sorry, sorry, Bing is Microsoft's version of Google. Yeah. Um, uh, 
Internet Explorer is old hat now. They've got a thing called Edge. Okay. Um, and who knowingly uses Edge? I, I couldn't even tell you the difference between Edge and Bing, to be honest. I, I think I know. I think I know now you say it, but I, in my mind, they're the same Bing thing. Bing is to Google as Edge is yeah. to Chrome. Mm. Um, anyway, my claim is that Edge and Bing are probably very good. Mm. Just nobody uses them because everybody's got in their mind the fact that um, Microsoft is the Microsoft of, of the sort of early 2000s or whatever. They haven't helped by making it not look like Microsoft. And, and they've, they've done it like VS Code, which I think a lot of people quite like. Even geeks like VS Code. This is the That's thing. That's Microsoft, isn't it? This is the thing, and yeah. And it doesn't tell you that anywhere. No. And now, what my, now Microsoft have cleverly, because they've pivoted brilliantly, and they've become an incredibly successful open source company because everyone loved in the olden days. Everyone loved open source, and they hated Microsoft, which was closed source. Now they open source everything, well, loads of things. And in fact, Bing, um, sorry, um, Edge is secretly Chrome in disguise. They've just they've just reused Chrome inside, and they they're using loads of open source software. And they're a completely different company from what we still. Their reputation yeah. is still their biggest earner is is cloud services and. Uh, commercial consultancy services around those cloud services, and they're buying up um, AI, AI um, things. They buy they buy up games companies, but they well, remain they in the background, so well, you don't know that OpenAI is, is Microsoft, isn't it? Now? There you go. So yeah, okay, but, but, but you don't know that it's Microsoft. They're doing all this amazing stuff. They're funding all these people, so but, they don't give a toss if they've got a crap reputation. Then I wouldn't say they have I a think crap they do. reputation. I, I think I suspect they care about their reputation, but I think it's gonna. I think that I think it would take another five or ten years to, to turn around until people. There's another generation who don't know the reputation that I think. What I think about Microsoft, mm. um, people a fair bit younger than me don't. They have no idea. It's what they, I, they don't remember Windows 2000. Yeah, and they, they and they've tried. To, they've been, they've been trying to eat some of Apple's chips in the last ten years or so with their Surface range of laptops and tablets and things trying to eat into the macbook ipad market and they had a range they've had tried and failed several times with smartphones to try and eat mm. some of the, the 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 iphone kind of market they but i just i think their hearts is not in it enough they could probably own it if they wanted to but they probably not want to call it a windows phone they want to call it something uh, else but well this let, hold on, wait, 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 wait. let's be careful let's because you lot are getting us into yeah, like so i was just gonna not yeah. do that well, stop telling me not to do that because that's literally what I was about to do. No, but how am I meant to know that? <laughs> but, but you, you are the one who stopped. This is not what the podcast is about. Stop it. <laughs> right. So listen. So this but is. I've got. I, I think I've got something to is segue it be more into technical here. Stuff? No, 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 no. Okay. Um, we were, but so we were talking a bit about there about how so Microsoft is trying to change the meaning of Microsoft as a brand, isn't it? They're trying to. They're trying to develop a new reputation and trying to get uh, rid of this old this Well, old I'm not perception. sure whether they're trying to change the reputation or whether they're just changing their behavior. They've changed their practices, and I think their reputation is just lagging. And I don't know whether they're making an effort to change mm. the reputation or not even bothering. Like, th this is interesting to me, is whether, is whether it's more important to fight for reputation or whether it's more important just to do a better job. Mm. But also, uh, so, sorry to interrupt, Peter, but also we're straying into brand identity. For obvious reasons, it's pretty sort of close to that. But reputation and brand identity are not quite the same thing. And we're also talking about degradation of of of, uh, of reputation and um, well, change and change because, yeah, because and how long that stays with us. Because all yeah. I want to say 
is is reputation seems to me to be really sticky okay um and i think it's sticky because of the things i said about i do is definitely you know in your personal and public consciousness it's and, it, and, it, and it's more difficult to hang it off data because it, it's more it's more to do with personal experience and stuff like that and that's why it doesn't always map very well it, it's definitely connected but doesn't map exactly onto things like i don't know um share price for example no um, um i i but however am i, I bringing this on track and are you going to help yeah, me with this nick i i th i think um I think, if anything, this has borne out the idea that reputation is working because the kinds of numbers that we're talking about and the sorts of time lags that we're talking about actually kind of line up, you know. So the thing is, OK, um, you know, I know Microsoft's enormous, but the point is that um, Chris touted there a five to ten year time frame and the fact that young people, you know, now are not going to come with that baggage, for example. So I know we'll talk about drivers shortly. But the point is we're thinking about the 5, 10, 20-year time frame here, right, to get a reputation change. And lo and behold, that lines up with, you know, what mm. it seems to be the case about, you know, a company is in a certain position now, uh, 15 years' time, half of companies are in a different position, right? It sort of lines up with that in a way that I don't think is an accident um, because, because actually... What what I'm saying is I think we're tuning our reputationometers, either individually or collectively, uh, to the correct amount of time. I, I think it's right. You know, yeah. I, so so I yeah, I, I think if anything it vindicates reputation. But I do think we yeah. should think about when how it can diverge. Can it diverge systematically and in the long run from true quality? Well, it it can individually because you because you're still talking moaning about BT from stuff they did 40 years ago, which is way out of sync of the loop. Um, anyway. Um, <laughs> it wasn't quite 40 years ago. Well, well, I guess I'm thinking about, yeah, so 30 years ago. 45 years ago. Yeah, it was more but, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, and, and before I went on a rant there, you, you did say something quite interesting. I've forgotten what it was, but I think Peter was about to respond to it. The, 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 I think it would be interesting to explore how you as a company or an individual or group can sort of cultivate a good reputation exactly exactly um, and with i think the the, the i haven't got a, anything complicated just re i think the the best thought the best way of doing it is just to do a good job right um is to provide a quality service at a value a good value for money or to, pro to produce good products that you that, that are attractive to your to your customers etc um that you know and then provide good support and good help and good documentation and all the things that the, your, your customers want um, is probably the best and most solid way of getting a good reputation. Hmm. I suspect, though, that's always going to be vulnerable to the, the scale versus shitness trade-off that we often talk about mm. on the podcast, where mm. you know, you, 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 as soon as you get big, as soon as you get to a certain size, you need shareholders and you need external stakeholders to get involved in the business oh. and they're just going to drive you towards profit maximization which means you squeeze all of the all of the fat and then good service goes away and uk call centers go away and all the things that make a service kind of markedly better start to start to disappear but i think there's i think there's always a market for that small um a smallish market for that sort of artisan style, high quality and bespokeness that means that you can charge a premium for that quality. But I think for the major majority of people just want cheap, um, 
So you end up with that as kind of horrible trade-off. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I think I think that's that's all. I, I would go further and say the only way to get a good reputation is to do a good job. I don't think you can con people, really. Yeah. Um, you know, you you might. I think there's an it's argument. Got to be action over spin. Yeah, I think there's an argument that um, marketing and stuff like and communications and those kinds of things and branding can can help speed up alignment to uh, to mm. you know to, of your reputation. So so if you did have a terrible reputation, no doubt, and, and you know, let's say you had turned things around, I suspect you can use marketing to convince people, for example, to try again. Uh, you know, try your service again or, you know, to put a positive spin on things. Um, but but I, I mean, I, th I don't think, you know, that's it. I don't think you can ultimately your reputation is the experience that people have with your yeah. product. And that's that. Because anyone, you know, anyone with a sour experience of a product, if they if they rebrand and go, oh, we're, we're doing everything better and we're now greener and happier and everything else. Be, the cynics will just go, yeah, but you're still rubbish. You're only going to be by doing all that rebranding and remarketing and things, you're really, really pandering to your diehard fans anyway. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I think one of the, the example I always think of with rebranding is when they changed Windscale, which is a nuclear reactor, which had a famous accident, I think, in the 50s or 60s. Uh, they rebranded it to Sellafield. Oh. And um, for years, no one cared. Mm. No one cared that, um, you know, everyone, my mum called it Windscale and uh, was, would never refer to it as Sellafield. And she was kind of anti-nuclear power anyway. Mm. But all they had to do, all they had to do, Sellafield, was not have a nuclear accident. Yeah. And hey, presto, it's their reputation's fine. Was the last time someone in the pub said Sellafield? What you mean God. the nuclear accident, guys? Nobody says that anymore. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know if it's still operating, and that's a good thing. Is it? If you've heard of a nuclear power plant, it's probably not for good <laughs> no, reasons. Good but yeah. the, but the, that's the point, really. All they had to do was not have an accident. That really it, the, changing the name Sellafield is probably neither here nor there, really. What they needed to do was stop all these nuclear accidents. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I think they very might difficult. only have had one. It's very difficult to stop rare events. <laughs> yeah. There's one rare event. Uh, well, yeah. well, I mean, that's right. And I, so I think we, we should might get you on want... the board, Nick. It's interesting. <laughs> um, but it is, I think there's a feeling, which I don't think is true, but I'm saying I have this feeling, that negative reputation is somehow stickier than positive reputation. Now, I don't actually think that's true. Mm. And, I, and I think the, um, I, I, I mean, I, I know, I think the common experience people have is with companies that they like basically getting worse and worse, things getting worse, services getting worse, which is the, you know, I'll, I'll give an example. Have you heard of a company, they're a restaurant chain called McDonald's. Yeah, now, vaguely. I think people have quite affectionate memories of McDonald's. I know more so in the US than here. Mm. And I know, you know, obviously no one's claiming it's gourmet cuisine. Or anything. We did talk about this in Brown Eyed, actually. Um, yeah, go on. But uh, no, but I, but I, I, um, even I have sort of, you know, quays. I think it, there's something I've got vaguely good memories about going into a McDonald's, you know, and getting your food from the lady behind the counter and sitting down with your mum or whatever and having some nuggets. It's, mm. it's you know, there's positivity associated yeah. with mm. it somewhere. Now, the last kids, uh, kids parties at McDonald's were uh, the thing to have. Yeah. When I was, uh, and and whereas kid. every time I've been How to a McDonald's for us? the last five to yeah. 10 years, it's been completely dystopian. And now it's just screens. It's just a bunch of people standing around in, in dark coats waiting for their number to come up. And then they get handed a bag full of, you know, a uh, kind of protein and fat um, uh, product. This, yeah. this and, and, it sounds and, uh, like a definition of either heaven or hell, whichever your But the, but the point is that I think, I think you know, it, it is, seems obvious to me that in 10, 15 years' time, the half-life of reputation, 
people will see McDonald's in a very different light. I mean, I can't imagine, I can't see how you could get a positive memory from McDonald's. And there's there, there's loads of companies like that, you know, where they've kind of gone down the toilet. And I don't I think we want to talk about that. Um, but, but you know, McDonald's, yeah, it, it seems to me like uh, they have put in all these changes to become super efficient, what Peter was talking about, you know, to get all those efficiencies and what they have not realized because of the lag that <clears throat> that reputation has is that eventually that that will you know start to hurt them but it won't hurt them in a year or two years or 10 years it's going to be a situation of you take your kids to mcdonald's because you remember kind of doing that with your parents and you enjoyed it and it's a miserable experience yeah, and you're horrified yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean of course in all of us and and um i know we're all thinking the same thing which is rod stewart yes because it's exactly the same. Because um, in my mind, Rod Stewart has always been deeply unfashionable, awful, like crap sort of music. But it's because I first became aware of him with uh, his early 80s, Do You Think I'm Sexy, which is pretty, or, yeah. Great song. Well, I mean, it is catchy, I'll give him that. But, but for me, that's always Rod Stewart. And it was only later sort of I started sort of coming across- um, Mandolin Wind. And, yeah, yeah, and all this Maggie kind of stuff. May, Maggie Mae, there you go. Yeah. And actually just how phenomenally huge he was at his height. And, but I will ever forever have a certain association. So I just, yeah. you know, I know so, you're all so, thinking so that. So I think so. We, we should probably move on to talking about what actually drives two things. Changes in performance, that's the real bit, and changes in Perception. reputation, reputation, which is yeah. the, because that might give us an insight into why there might be a lag. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, who wants to do that? Let's have well, Chris. I was gonna mention uh, something <clears throat> slightly related, which, which, might, which might feed into this, which is to do with how reputation works in the court system, mm. in, in, in um, like there's an official version of reputation. And actually, and Nick talks about positive and negative reputation. I don't think in this country, there's no such thing as a positive reputation, possibly the peerage or possibly being, yeah, being, being given an OBE or something. Mm. But negative reputation you get by um, doing something like driving your car really fast and past, a, past one of those cameras. Or, Into uh, a busload of nuns, <laughs> yeah, and a variety of other, uh, a variety of other ways of getting yeah. a while drunk, getting a negative reputation, and uh, and and um, you'll be pleased to hear that I don't even have to tell anybody about all the times that I've driven my car Into a bit nuns. too fast yeah. because um, because it goes out of date. I think it's five years. Five years. Well, it can't be five years for murder, though. No, but it isn't for other things. So for some things, it's, it just disappears. And then there are, there, but every, every, um, but a, a criminal record has like an expiry date, but certain aspects, if you try to get a DBS check or whatever, if you want to work with children, that kind of thing, mm. there are certain things which um, uh, basically make it so you can't. And, I, they, and, and, yeah. and, the, and the, these things have an expiry date. So th there is a built-in expiry date on certain things for certain cases. But some, uh, and this is the way negative reputation is built into our kind of um, society. Hmm. It stays with you uh, for reasonably good reasons. Yeah, and I think, I think you know, in a way, what you want is, uh, is, again, that official reputation to track the reality in the sense of, you know, something, let's say that if you're a murderer... You know, it's probably the case that you have certain personality characteristics that are going to change very slowly. But if you committed an acquisitive crime or did a bit of speeding, uh, it may be the case that that's something it's much more easy to turn around. 
you know that actually you you, you it's easier to change know. once the speed well i mean speeder. that's true <laughs> to the extent that you know it probably gives you an insight into their risk appetite and so yeah. on and so forth but we know that those are things that are relatively situational yeah whereas you know murder and things are more fundamental mm. so in a sense I, I you know yeah you're right it's interesting it's an interesting thing to maybe to obe should expire as well um, what do you, do you think we should uh, get rid of jimmy savile's obe you're asking me to yeah, pronounce we did. that. We did do that. I think he was stripped <laughs> of his OB. I think under certain circumstances that, that happens, doesn't it? We strip people of. No, he, he had knighthood. But didn't they he? don't. But they don't. Got they don't expire knighthood. naturally. Well, no. I mean, he was dead when he got stripped of well, his knighthood. Yeah. yeah. But what, um, yeah, what do we? What you thought about that? Yeah. Um, he was also, by the way. Um, I'm I'm gonna say sure. He's a very nice chap. Now. <laughs> no, I'm going to say from from a legal point of view, he's um, he's guilty of nothing. Yeah. Mm. Totally, totally clean. He's an innocent yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Just in case the ghost of Jimmy is listening and he's <laughs> yeah. tempted to sue us, yeah. we've got to be clear. No, quite. Um, it's all just alleged. Yeah. yeah. So, <clears throat> so drivers. Yeah. So what we, you were talking about drivers and and yeah, uh, and, yeah. So I think something we haven't mentioned yet is regression to the mean, but it's very important, right? If you are a great company or you're a company who's being particularly terrible, the chances are that you will get worse if you're doing really well and better if you're doing really badly, statistically. You know, if you've got it just intuitively, if you're the best company in the world, you can only get worse. Mm. But also, like, if you're the best company in the world, it's probably because of certain accidental things that it's very hard to maintain. Um, now, so, uh, so, so there's just that, statistics, you know, on average, probably football teams, it's just luck like to some extent. There's certain ele elements of football which will keep you in the top flight. You know, you can afford better players and so on and so forth. But if you've got a few really good players now, in 20 years' time, they're going to be retired. You know, there's there's going to be things that on average push you back towards the average. Um, so, so there's that. But, I mean, having said that, what are those things? And I think one of them, really key one, leadership and, you know, const and people. So... You know, leadership is a big one. Obviously, think of, I mean, you know, Steve Jobs, um, you know, probably pretty instrumental in driving Apple's reputation, but also their performance and their innovation and their culture and all of those things. And he's not around anymore. And, you know, I think it, that has had a significant impact on, you know, Apple's performance. And eventually that's going to have an impact on their reputation and so on. So there's, there's, you know, and what's the lifespan of a person? Probably, you know, it's that 15, 30 year kind of time span of someone being, you know, in a, in a certain position, in a certain job. Yeah. So, so, so I think there's that. Um, uh, then, but then Peter also mentioned uh, quite a while ago, environmental changes, mm. which is quite an interesting one. You know, that the... I, and I, here I think there's an element to which probably the really the best companies in the world are more likely to be very specialized to their time and place and environment. Um, and, and because that time and place and environment changes, mm. you know, they, they, their time in the, in the limelight is necessarily limited. You know, you see, and I mean, you can think of uh, going back, you have things like probably, you know, the, the, the Roman Empire was uh, a big deal back in its day. But then, you know, times changed. They didn't move with them. And eventually, you know, they're, yeah. they're, they were no longer the, the kind of technological leaders. Which is another you sort see of that, generational effect. Yeah. So you see, but you see, so you see that you know you 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 you're AT and T. What what were the you know the big uh, those big American companies we've we've never heard of, which were churning out steel in mm. Pittsburgh, and you know they um, people don't want that anymore. 
You know, they're brilliant at churning out steel. Uh, but, yeah, boring companies, Goodyear, well, you know, they probably are uh, still making tyres because people still want those things. Um, um, there's nothing that they did good or bad. It's just the... the times the, change yeah. and the environment changes, yeah. Um, there are a couple of things I could... I wanted to pick you up on there, but we don't really have time for it. But um, we need to finish off. We need to mm. round things off, okay? Um, but and, and 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 in doing that, is there anything you want to finish us off with? Or, yeah, I, I, my summary would be: okay, I think reputation works. I think reputation seems to pretty closely match what you know what it is it's trying to measure. Not perfect, but it's not bad. So why are you so bloody anti-BT and going into a rage about them because of something that happened 40-odd years ago? Well, the half-life I of reputation... I keep telling you this. You as, are As I said, the half-life of reputation is 20... Let's say 15, 20 years for a company. Um, 40 years ago, that's only two half-lives. So uh, 25% of, 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 my, of the old reputation of BT should still accrue to them. Right. True. So you need to listen to your seventy five percent. I mean, don't you know if Liverpool were in were in the Premier League in nineteen eighty, there's still a good chance they're in the Premier League now. But being a very successful company is similar because exactly. if you because there's there's a positive reinforcement. Exactly. But as Nick says, there's still regression to the mean despite the positive reinforcement. Yeah, that's, I think that's yeah. I think that's the interesting bit right there as well. Anyway, enough, but not quite. Uh, let's have a question. So, what's the biggest? mismatch between reputation and actual quality of which you are aware yeah i'd like to nominate the cuisine of the united kingdom okay which, go on. Oh, this is going to get a controversial we're going to we're going to get emails yeah. you've only <laughs> got to look at um at what americans say still it astounds me they 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 like the american understanding of what british food is is essentially it's just sort of gray stodge and we have no food culture and that's it and i sort of think then obviously anyone who thinks that must have not been here for the last 20 years now i live in london admittedly obviously world-class food city but it, everywhere all you imported go now Britain, from all around the world well well you know but the point <laughs> is that it's the the quality is high and yeah. and the and you go to even some you know little tiny town in like Birmingham or you know <laughs> Liverpool or somewhere, you they still they will have. I was in I was in Manchester uh, a couple that of weeks ago, Hamlet. Hamlet. And, yeah. and they had. Uh, we went to a Polish restaurant that you know it would be uh, the food was incredible. It's like everywhere you go now, even a gastro, you know, a little pub in the middle of nowhere, typically will serve some nice local food. It's it's unusual to find places with really really terrible food. And yet, uh, I think the standard American view of what British food is like is based on world post World War Two rationing mm. or something. It baffles me. I, I look at it online. I think, why are they? This is they're describing a world which doesn't exist. It's it's very strange. So yeah, that's my nomination. I think that's a good example. Our, and um, our cuisine. But also, I think with. Uh, Americans again, not just with their perception of our food, but of the way we speak and just the way we what we wear and how we sort of just generally carry on. And often when you see an American doing an impression of an English accent, they're actually doing an impression of an impression, really. Well, but it's interesting. We, we should, we're getting 
into a rabbit hole. But I have noticed more and more that American impressions of British people are aligning gradually to actual British people. We get people doing impressions of kind of the only way is Essex kind of characters and things rather than sounding like, you know, a a British actor from the 70s, for example. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're Um, getting there. We're gradually turning it around. Not so much through the food, but with the accents. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I've just had the opposite of that happen in, in France many times where I've had crap food many times let's have peter i think not probably probably not in our generation the middle-aged guys um but the, definitely amongst the younger folk there's a there's a sort of adoration following for tech media companies like tiktok less so facebook these days but the tiktoks of the world mm. um a sort of zombie-like tide of people <laughs> staring at their screens. Now that might be adoration. There might be some sort of, but it. But it, I think those companies are. They started off well, I and mean, I think you know things like Facebook in the early days was was a was a sort of force for good. But then it became deeply cynical about just grabbing as much attention from people as possible grabbing as much of eyeball time as possible to, to sell people stuff. Um, the, and it's so I think there's a big mismatch there between what they actually do, which is maximize profits by captivating your imagination and turning your brain off versus what they um, what people the amount of time people sort of spend thinking about it. Yeah, I think that's a good example. Those those the kind of face the social media companies of the kind of mid 2000s. Yeah, because I, I think we all liked them. Facebook was great fun. You know, it's now it's all, it's the same with McDonald's. It's a dystopian nightmare, Facebook now. So to Mark Zuckerberg, I say, Arx Tarpea, Capitoli Proxima. Mm. Think on that. Yeah, no, quite. Um, and, um, but hold on. <laughs> I think Mark Zuckerberg might say, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Chris. Well, I was, um, I'm afraid I'm going to go uh, early 2000s tech as well. Because I remember, I remember, um, and this is, Actually, not a case where the reputation differs from the company, but where my opinion of it differs from its reputation and everybody else's <laughs> opinion of it. So I'm answering a slightly different question. But when um, <clears throat> Twitter.com was invented, I I made an account mm. and I looked at it and I thought, no one's ever going to use this. This is absolute fluff. It's nonsense. It's pointless. It's like, say what you're thinking right now. That's That was their thing. What are you thinking right now? And you could type that in and say it in some amount of characters. But who cares? Who's ever going to care? How have they even got a single column inch of um, of news out of this, mm. out of the launch of this site? It's prescient of you, this. And it? I have maintained that point of view <laughs> ever since. I still hold. My, my point of view has not budged a millimeter. But Twitter is gradually aligning itself to your opinion. I cannot see any value in it never have um and yet there there it is twitter.com still there x uh, x as it's now I, known. no twitter.com yeah i'm, 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 I'm telling you where you go to to get yeah. there no i i i <laughs> agree with you I, I don't even understand twitter when i get on there i'm like what happened why do i when i press this button something i wouldn't expect happens and i get demoralized and i leave but oh, I, I just reach a screen which says you can't look at this because you yeah but I, but I think i think it's, it's always very satisfying when a company lives down to your personal opinion but it hasn't and happened i think yet. i think it is i think <laughs> the reputation that twitter has is is f- gradually you know falling uh, off a cliff aligning to where it yeah. should be yeah so yeah okay 
All right. Uh, we're going to stop there. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrew. We've been here with Chris Lear, Nick Hare, and Peter Cockle of Aleph. Until next time, goodbye. Mm-hmm.